0: Inside Chicago Government ChiGov.com. Welcome to another in a series of interviews about and sounds of Chicago Government. I'm Dave Gloetz. In this episode, you'll hear excerpts from the February meeting of the full Chicago City Council. In that meeting, Alderman overwhelmingly approved the purchase of a former Aldi grocery store on the west side, but it raised some interesting policy questions. That's in the standard version you're about to hear. In the premium version of the episode, which you can get by subscribing at shygov.com, you can hear aldermen heaping honors upon Secretary of State Jesse White and citizen at large George Blakemore. Plus, you'll hear our take on what all that says about who and what our aldermen actually serve. Also in the premium version, you can hear the final part, perhaps, in the saga of Mayor Lori Lightfoot's appointment for the head of the Civilian Office of Police Accountability. Aldermen made impassioned arguments for and against the mayor's appointment, and you can hear some aldermen say why they switched sides. Finally, in the premium version of the episode, you can hear what happened to the proposed and long-suffering ordinance that empowers the city to seize the assets of gang leaders. And you can hear the mayor's reaction. All that comes with analysis from me and my colleague, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Here's the standard episode. In February, Ben, the City Council's Committee on Housing and Real Estate passed a proposed ordinance authorizing the planning and law departments to acquire the site of an Aldi store that closed last October on the west side near Madison and Pulaski. This ordinance was considered by the full city council on February 23, where it passed, but not before aldermen spoke for and against it, some of which we'll hear
1: now. The community of West Garfield Park currently lacks any, and I say any, full-service grocery options in its community.
2: Alderman Harrison. Let's talk to corporate America. This is corporate discrimination on some of our basic human functions. And each time, one of my colleagues has to stand up and talk about, oh, another grocery store left. It has not happened in any of the other neighborhoods, other than in the black and brown neighborhoods. This is a corporate discrimination. Alderman Moore. Part of the problem is operators. You have some developers that want to build a grocery store. All they want is they rent, but we don't have operators. But then there's people who do not have money to partner. So it's important that these stores and these businesses help us develop operators. This is important that millionaires that run for office, the best way you can get elected is to help a community use those millions to go and put into communities so we can develop operators. Following down. I support my colleagues' efforts, but I need to move on my Pete's grocery store, Madam President.
1: And I just have to say that publicly. Thank you.
0: I'll uh, refrain. Alderman Lopez.
2: We have an unequal, unequitable application of an unknown policy being activated for this purchase. Purchasing a lot without having an end-user That is a dangerous gambit we are playing with taxpayers' money. Trying particularly to get a grocery store has become exponentially more difficult in the city of Chicago and indeed the country, in part because of their rebate scandal and other issues that have gone on for the past 10 years. If we buy this today, there will not be a grocery store tomorrow. There might not be a grocery store for three years. Are we going to be responsible for this site for the next six years while we wait to find a tenant? We are going to see an explosion of city-owned property, city-owned storefronts, city-owned buildings across every ward in the city of Chicago. Because that's the only thing that's right and fair when all of these businesses leave based on the policy logic we're hearing today.
0: Chairman Oshman, I, I feel compelled to uh, correct a few things that- the Madam President, if I, of- if, I, if, I, if I could speak to the issue and hopefully move this item forward, I made a commitment to the members of the Housing and Real Estate Committee, and I make this to the full council, to try to get planning to come up with a more clear policy moving forward, which I think is fair. In Alderman Durbin's community on the west side, losing a grocery store is unbelievably significant. Well, I I think you covered it, but the the notion that we are willy-nilly exercising this unusual authority is just not so. This is a dire circumstance. We are concerned about the condition of that property, making sure that it is maintained in a way that will be attractive for a new grocery store to come in while we continue to actively pursue leads. This piece of land is in a tax increment financing district. And the name of that district is the Madison-Austin redevelopment planning area.
1: What Jason Irvin would like is for the city to purchase it and then sell the land to some developer who will turn it into another grocery store, which, in my humble opinion, is a perfectly fine, in and of itself, application of TIFs. I have no objection to the notion of spending city dollars to develop an abandoned grocery store, turn it back into a grocery store so that the land is producing taxes and people have a place to go and buy their groceries. The point that Raymond Lopez raises is when the city buys up land, you one, take the land off the tax rolls so that it's no longer providing any property taxes. So your property taxes will go up to compensate. And two, there's no guarantee that at any given time, the city will be able to cut a deal with the developer to put it back on the rolls. Raylo sort of mentioned it seemed like this is the first time it ever happened. No. I think the most glaring, obvious case that pops to my mind is when uh, the city of Chicago under Mayor Daley, and Dave, you remember this because we talked about this a lot, bought up the old Michael Reese Hospital on the near south side for the for- Olympics. For the Olympics. And you talk about speculation. I spent, I think, about $100 million purchasing very valuable lakefront land, taking it off the market with the idea that some housing developer would come in and build the Olympic Village. We never got the Olympics. <laughs> So no developer came. And that purchase occurred, I want to say, in 2007. And here we are in 2022, and we're only now getting a project off the ground at Michael Reese Hospital.
0: So not only has the city had to pay... As I understand that they've had to make the annual payments because of the loan structure. Not only that, the county and the city weren't getting any property taxes from a private landholder there.
1: Yes. Once the city purchases land, obviously it's publicly owned land, the city will not be paying property taxes to itself.
0: That's all we've got for the standard episode. If you'd like to hear the full length premium version of the episode including material not heard on any other podcast, please subscribe at shygov.com. Or if you're already a subscriber, log in at shygov.com, go to the Chicago menu and choose City Council. As always, listeners, we welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions for future interviews. Using email, you can get those to us via comment at shygov.com. Using Facebook, go to facebook.com slash inside gov. And on Twitter, find us at C-H-I-G-O-V-T. I'm Dave Glowatz. Thanks for listening.